Hi guys! Welcome to Keeping It Real. I'm Gilly Sowers and I'm so happy to see to see you. That sounds quirky. Oh look, with the glasses I get the ring. Welcome. Today I want to talk to you about something that I thought maybe I was done talking about and that is toxic relationships or to use today's terminology, uh, narcissistic abuse. Um, when you're involved with someone who has these tendencies, and I'm not a psychiatrist, I am not a mental health professional, I am a registered nurse, but most of my degrees came from the School of Hard Knocks, y'all. But I've lived it, I have life experience, and I've done a lot of inner work and healing and therapy and research, and so I do feel like I... I'm coming from a place where I can at least enlighten you. It is never my intent to advise you. Only you can make those decisions. What I can do is share my experience with you, and I can give you some insight. This morning, as I was pondering on what to record today, as I just did get my new home studio slash guest room um, put together, kind of, uh, waiting on the mattress to be delivered for the guest bed, but I finally have a space, a designated space, as sparse as it may be, um, a quiet place to sit and reflect and talk to all of you. As I was trying to figure out what to record, that wee small voice of self-doubt crept back in and told me, first of all, nobody gives two shits what you got to say. Nobody cares about your story. It's not pertinent. You're old. You're washed up. Why are you doing all this? And picking myself apart, you know, with the perfectionism uh, I got the turkey neck. I got a snotty voice from the allergies. What is with the air this year? Sweet Jesus. I digress. Anyway, I'm sitting there picking myself apart, convincing myself just to trash the whole podcast idea because nobody gives two shits anyway. And, um, whatever. My phone dings. And it is a message from someone that I used to work with years ago, but we're still on social media as friends. Uh, someone who, with her permission, I would like to share this with you. And I'm sorry if you're going to get a halo in my eyes, but I do need my glasses because I am an old woman. <laughs> Isn't it a beautiful summer, though? We have a lot of pollen, but it's gorgeous. All right. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but I will give you part of it, okay? Gilly, I'm so sorry to bother you. You're the only person that comes to mind with what I'm going through, and I just wanted some of your thoughts. I don't want to project my burdens onto you. I just want to know that what I am experiencing is normal. I am leaving significant other on Friday again. I did it once before, but this time I need to be done for good. He is emotionally abusive. 
I feel like I'm so far down a rabbit hole of what's normal and what isn't. One minute, I'm sick of his shit. And the next, I'm thinking about the good times that we had. And I don't want someone else to come along and experience those with him. Or I feel like I will never experience these things again. Today, what I'm thinking is the way to do it. Do I try to tell him I'm leaving and see if he's willing to listen and fix things? But then I know it's not going to go anywhere. He's not an easy man to talk to. It's never his fault. I hate how much mind control he has over me. He makes me think sometimes that what he's doing is really bad. Is really not that bad. I started journaling a little bit. Is all this normal? Throughout our interactions today, uh, I'm going to give you some more that she gave me, and then I'll kind of in a nutshell give you my response. She said, yes, when I left the last time, I was so miserable, but I think it was because of the way I did it. I know it will be hard, but worth it. I've listened to your podcast and read your posts, and I appreciate you. He recently started to tell me that I changed things in my head to make him out to be an asshole. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Because it's like deja vu for me. Yes, he showered me with good times, beautiful things, and promises, and poured on the love to get me back the last time. Put that feather in your cap. He tells me I am too skinny, that I'm disgusting, and I look sick. But then he got mad when I had some pictures done, and he doesn't want me to share them to anyone. I was hesitant to reach out to you because I know you're in a good place. Thank you, I am, but boy, do I still have work to do. And I don't want to trigger you in any way, but sometimes it's better to hear something from someone that isn't directly in the inner circle. Inner circle. Yes, you still have a lot to offer, and I appreciate you sharing your story and, and experiences. Thank you, Mama Gilly. I love you. This afternoon, she sent me a text showing me screenshots of not one, but two beautiful things that he's dangling in front of her. Carrots, you know, little nuggets, little uh, cookie crumbs, as we like to call them. This is the stuff that he sends me that makes me want to hang on. I don't even know how to respond to him without giving my plan up or not to lead him on. I'm sorry my thoughts are so jumbled. It makes me question when we really do get along, are things that bad? We go through the motions because it's comfortable and it's what we do daily. I don't allow him to make me feel bad about myself, but I know the things that he says are not things that you say to a person that you love. He thinks buying people things is how you keep them. And then I asked her, could I, could I share with her? Wow. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? Having suffered narcissistic abuse, not only once, but twice in my life by two completely separate men, 
The first was my first husband. Uh, it turned out to be a full-blown domestic violence situation, and we were married for six years. We had two children. Uh, I divorced him at age 23 with two babies, and I went on about my life. And I never again, I vowed that no one again would ever treat me that way. But what I ran into the second time was with my island man. It was after I had ended my 23-year marriage with a, with a good guy for all intents and purposes. I just wasn't happy, hadn't been for a long time. Um... But he was, he was a great guy, and he never treated me with anything but love and respect. As a result, I, I came into contact with what I now know is termed a covert narcissist. And it, within a very short time, I was involved in a, I don't know what to call it, narcissistic narcissistically abusive relationship a toxic relationship you know there's all the labels that you can put on things I don't care what you want to call it but a lot of these patterns and behaviors that I experienced with him I can see clearly now that I'm out of it the things that she describes to me are the same things that I went through or very similar and I know that there are others of you out there going through the same shit. So let me tell you in brief, to keep it really brief. In the beginning, they're so charming. They not only reel you in with how charming they are, but they praise you on how wonderful you are. They fall in love quickly this is called love bombing in in using the terms that are very popular these days that's love bombing cookie crumbing is also when they dangle that carrot in front of you maybe you've been together for a while now um they're very critical they pick you apart you don't feel valued you don't feel heard they start gaslighting you which is another popular term and in a nutshell it's just when they turn it all around they do something insensitive or hurtful or plain out mean you feel a certain way about it and voice these emotions and you're told you're crazy or you're too sensitive or you're too much does any of this ring a bell with you? <sighs> it hurts my heart to think about it. Anyway, so about the time they catch on to the fact that you're catching on to this not being cool. And you're starting to want to spread your wings and get out of the situation. You know, they, they've started kind of breaking you down and you're starting to pick up on the fact that it's not right, as in what I am assuming the two dangling carrots that he emailed her today or texted her are in response to the fact that he's starting to figure out that she's about at the end of the line again. Even if she hasn't told him she's planning on leaving him, he senses something because he's dangling the carrots in front of her. As I said to you all, 
I would never begin to advise her on what she needs to do or how to do it. She's the only one that can decide if her relationship is truly toxic, if it's time to end this relationship, and how to go about it. What I pointed out to her is this. I now look at every single relationship, friends, family, romantic, every single relationship that I enter into and maintain gets looked at through the lens of two questions. Number one, how do I feel when I'm with this person? And number two, how does that person make me feel about me? If they're overly critical, if they're degrading, if I don't feel safe with that person, and I don't mean physically safe, but if I don't feel like it's okay to be me, like it's okay to verbalize my wants and needs and emotions without having to walk on eggshells and tiptoe around their sensitivities. These are such important things. And I, the one piece of advice that I give you is to look at every relationship in your life through those two lenses. How do you feel when you're with that person? And how does that person make you feel about you? As far as the skinny thing, I remember that all too well. Towards the end of our relationship, I was in such a heightened sense of awareness. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop because time had proven to me that it always would. So about the time things start getting good enough that you start to relax a little bit and let your guard down, boom, that's usually when something happens, right? I was so full of anxiety that I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was drinking too much. I've owned up to you on that more than once. I was self-medicating all of this constant turmoil. And I was horribly thin. And the ammunition that that gave that person in his gaslighting, it was never, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry what our relationship and my behavior has done to you. It was number one, you're crazy. Number two, you must be on drugs because look how skinny you are. You never eat, you never sleep. Look how thin you are. You've got to be on drugs. That was the beginning of him setting the patchwork for trying to destroy my character later if and when I left him, which ultimately I did. And that's immediately what I thought of when this person shared that with me. So things I really want you to be aware of in your relationship. Number one is, do you feel safe? Are you physically safe? Number two, do you feel valued? Does what you want and need and feel matter to that person? Do they reciprocate for you 
what you pour into the relationship? Are you receiving that back from that person? Listen, I don't care how great a relationship is. Every relationship's going to have bad days. There's going to be turmoil and there's going to be arguments. Ain't nobody looking in a crystal ball finding the absolute perfection. It's just not there. But on a day-to-day -day basis, overall, can you attest to the fact that you feel valued, you feel important, you feel loved, you feel safe, you feel equal? That's a big one. Because my island man was up here and I was way the hell down there. Do they seem to only cherish, cherish you when they want something from you? Money, sex, time, favor, just boosted their ego because they rely on that, you know. Have they alienated you or tried to alienate you from your friends and family? In my case, my friends will attest to the fact that yes, yes, it was all about my island man. I had less and less time for them. And in keeping things honest and keeping things real, as he and I started to go down the rabbit hole, I was more embarrassed about the relationship and what I was accepting and what I was putting up with. I found myself making excuses for him. I found myself blatantly lying to my friends and family about what was going on with him because I was too embarrassed to admit the truth. Do you find yourself in any of these situations? One thing I'll tell you is I, if you don't want it known, don't do it to me. Obviously, here we are. No. I will shine a light on the love and the joy that you give me. But you do me wrong and you don't need to think that I'm going to cover, hover in a corner and hide myself to protect you. Never again. You are the ones that I'm here for. Those who have no voice. Those who are maybe in a relationship that's not great, but you just don't know, are you really crazy and maybe it's not so bad or are you being mistreated? You're the only one that can answer that question. You are. As to whether or not she should tell him before she leaves him, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer to that is. What I can tell you is, Number one, when you tell them they're either going to blow up and it leads to a big fight, um, if you don't fear that happening or feel that you need to fear for your physical safety, then I can see if you feel the need to do that. But the other thing is, oh, don't leave me. I'll kill myself. I've been down that road before. If I can't have you, no one else will. I will kill myself. Or there's a love bombing. Baby, I'm so sorry. I hurt you. If you'll just come back to me, we'll do this, this, and this, and life will be wonderful. And how many second chances are you going to give them? You know? Sometimes the best thing that you can do once you realize your value and your worth once you decide that you're done tolerating less than that 
is just to make a quiet escape. Just a quiet exit, you know, exit stage left with no fanfare. I would definitely advise go immediately no contact with this person if that's what she does. Because they're either going to beg and cookie crumb and love bomb you into coming back. And if, you know, anybody can change. Anybody can. I'm a big proponent of as long as there's breath, there's hope. But they're not going to change because you want them to. They will only change because they want to. So many chances I gave. So many times believing if we just get through this, then on the other side of that, everything's going to be better. Then it can be about us. Then we can focus on us. Then he will be less stressed, more kind, more loving. It'll be about me for a change. I've never seen it. What I see is that after all the stops and the starts and the stops and the starts, you find yourself months or years down the road looking back at all the stops and starts wondering how your life could have been different if you'd have just moved on to begin with the very first time. And we can't undo what's been done. But you can find your value and you can find your worth today. And you can set that limit for yourself. And maybe you can't get out today. Maybe it's not safe. Maybe it is abusive. You get a plan. You develop a plan. And you figure out what you're going to do. Because you are smart, you are strong, you are beautiful. In this case of this friend and many others that I have known, she's highly educated. She's got a great job. She is supporting him. I don't know the details of their finances, but my guess is she's supporting him in a lifestyle he could never live without her. That was the case in my situation. I, I can't tell you how I sacrificed in the name of just wanting him to love me, wanting to be enough. I'm still paying for that. You know, I love this girl, and I love the fact that she was concerned about triggering me. She didn't trigger me. But in all honesty, um, a situation that occurred the last day or two has had me So when I was on island and I was in this relationship with this man, and this is no secret because it's in the episode where I tell the whole thing, but my finances, uh, when I went back to the island and left my marriage and started this relationship with this man, I, I pretty much left with nothing, but I didn't have any debt. I still had an amazing income. And five and a half months later, I left with no money, over $18,000 in credit card debt. And I can't even begin to tell you how much cash I had given this person. He was like a small child in the fact that he was like a kid in a candy store. If he wanted something, he would tell me that he wanted it and expect it to be bought for him. And 
the small shell of a person that I must have been at the time that I thought, oh, I, will, I love him. I want him to be happy. If that's what it takes to make him happy, I'll spoil him. He's my big, handsome island man. If he would just love me, I'll give him whatever he wants. Blah, blah, puke. Yeah. So the thing that keeps biting me on my ass, and I'll tell you about not, it's just not about the money, but the situation, was two years ago in May, while I was still involved with him, this man who would never go do anything, wouldn't go to the beach, wouldn't go do whatever, decided he got it in his head he needed to go pro. When he wants something, he doesn't just want half-ass. He wants the best of the best and all the accessories and all the things. So he had to have this GoPro, and I bought it for him because I'm stupid. But I digress. No, I'm not stupid. I just, when you know better, you do better. And I didn't know better. Anyway, um... The initial purchase price at the time, I think, was somewhere between six and eight hundred bucks for this thing. But we also set him up a GoPro account. My Discover card was used for not only the purchase of the GoPro, but to set up the GoPro account, which he convinced me that he needed because he was going to save so much money on all these new fangled things periodically. And you just got to be. A subscriber to the GoPro if you're gonna take part in the GoPro. Now, first of all, I beg to differ if this man ever took the GoPro out of the fucking case. If it was ever used, if not, it's probably in a box somewhere in the stash of all the shit ex-girlfriends have bought him, or he's already sold it. What I will tell you is that now, two years later, every year in May, $49.99 is charged to my Discover account for his GoPro subscription. Last May, when I noticed it, I contacted Discover and I said, I need to dispute this. This is not mine. They said, well, we can't help you. You have to go to GoPro and shut off your account. Well, the difficulty in that is it's not my flipping account. I don't have the account information. I don't have the logon ID. I don't know the password. My credit card is used on that account to pay the bill, but I don't have access to any of it. Thinking that as soon as I left the island, wanting to protect myself from him further financially abusing me, which is the very legitimate term for what happened, I changed all my credit cards. I canceled all my cards. I reported lost or stolen. I got all new cards so that any of the um, accounts he may have had out there that were charging my cards would just, they would try to bill me one month and it would come up, sorry, this card's no good anymore, and he would figure it out. The instance with the GoPro account is, in spite of the fact that I canceled that card, I got a new card, they were still charging it to my old account, ultimately holding me still responsible. So I have spoken with GoPro, who said, we can't help you unless you have the login information for the account. I've spoken with the credit card company, who says... 
Well, it's not fraud because you let this person use your card initially. And I suggest you just contact the, uh, the manufacturer, the merchant, to get this canceled. Well, that's the circle that we're going around in because GoPro says, sorry, I can't help you. Discover says, sorry, I can't help you. I have not spoken with this man in almost two years, perhaps, a year and a half, two years. Other than an email address that I still have for him, I don't have any contact information, and I really don't have any desire to speak to him again. You go your way. I wish you well. Whatever. I will go mine. Just leave me the hell alone. That's where I am. Discover did suggest yesterday, like I didn't think about it, and I would have with a reasonable person, just reach out to your ex and plead your case and ask them very politely, would you please go to your GoPro account and remove my credit card information so that I stop getting billed every year? It's only 50 bucks a year, but it's my fucking 50 bucks. The man scalped me for over $20,000. I think I'm entitled to keep my damn 50 bucks a year. It's more the... Ugh. It's like the fucking just continues. The thing that had me triggered yesterday was out of desperation to resolve this situation. I did send an email to this man. I don't know if he'll ever get it because I've blocked him. He's blocked me. So he may not even get an email that I send anymore. I don't, I don't know. But I sent a very specific, calm request. Here's what's happening. Here's what they've advised me to do. The only way I can dispute the charge is to file fraud charges. Would you please just remove my credit card information from your GoPro account so that I am not still paying your bills? I just want to let go of this and get on with my life. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever hear back from him if I won't. To me anymore, it's not the point. To me, the point is what that did to me internally, having to go to that man to ask him for something that I need because that puts him up here and me down here. Knowing him the way I do, that feeling of power that he has not had over me for so long, even though it's 50 bucks in my Discover card, that feeling of power that he has over knowing that he still has me under his thumb and that he can still fuck with me because it's the only way he can. I literally had so much adrenaline and cortisol pumping through my veins yesterday after that. Pissed at him for being the way he is. Pissed at myself for ever allowing it. Feeling weak, feeling vulnerable, feeling scared. I recognized it right away and I was able to get myself back to center. But I got to tell you, still, it's in these abusive situations. Once it's all over, that's when you start to figure out just how fucked you were, you know? 
I canceled and changed my credit cards a year and a half ago or more. We broke up in August. I came back to the States in August of 2021. That's when I completely changed everything so that he would have access to nothing. And almost two years later, I'm still getting billed for the stupid shit that I bought him in the name of love and wanting to keep him. And I'm probably going to get that bill forever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care how much you love somebody. Don't ever give them credit to your credit cards. Don't ever give them access to your credit cards. Don't. Watch out for yourself. You know? When I left my husband, I gave him everything. There are days I kicked my own ass for that because as much as I cared about him and I wanted him to be okay, I didn't give two thoughts as to myself. Shouldn't I care about me? Shouldn't I want me to be okay? I mean, shouldn't that be a priority? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing the things that we do. There's going to be a whole nother podcast on money matters. I'll discuss this some more uh, and the mindset that comes with it and how we shoot our own feet off, for God's sakes. Talk about wanting a do-over. It's not about relationships. It's about money. Let me know what I know now. Put it into practice and start over again at 30. Hell, at 40. 50. How many thousands of dollars have I given away in the name of love? That's not what this is about. But it's a very big part of it because you are a supply to a narcissist or a toxic abuser. You're just a supply. Whether it's relationship status, you know, they target smart, secure, independent, successful women because that's a big badge of honor for them. They're just broken little boys inside. It makes them feel good about them to know that they bagged such a catch. Then they start to break you down, start to make you think you're crazy. You are just a supply for them because even if they have not taken anything else from you, once you recognize what's happening and you start withdrawing your love and affection and stroking that big fat ego for them, that's a supply in and of itself. And they'll get ready. You know, two things happen. Either you get sick of their shit and move on, or they realize that they have dried up your supply. That unconditional love and ass kissing and I'll do whatever you want if you just show me love. It runs out eventually. The money definitely runs out. In my case, I think that was it. He saw the money was running out. He saw I was full of... I was on to him and if there's any reason why I do this, it's this person, it's you. I'm going to be 55 years old in August, 55. 
How I wish I would have known what I know now. In the case of this person, she's quite a bit younger than me. She's got a whole full life ahead of her. She's got a great career. Great friends and family. She's got this punk around her neck, just dragging her down. Not treating her like the queen that she is. You are a queen, my friend. You are smart and funny and beautiful and strong and capable. And is it going to hurt when you leave? Yes, it's going to hurt so bad. So bad. It was like ripping my heart out and torching it. But, as I told her this morning, I mourned for months. And the what-ifs play over and over. And if you're like me, most of us stay way too long because we want only to see the best in those we care about primarily. We always see the best in people. We want to believe that they can change. We want to believe that we are worthy, that they will eventually see that and they will love us so much that they will change. They're only going to change if they want to change. What I discovered was once I got on the outside of it and the fog lifted, I was not mourning the loss of that relationship. I was mourning the loss for the relationship that I wanted, the life that I wanted to build with that person, the love that I wanted to feel from him that I never got. That's what I mourned. And once I woke up and I realized what had happened, then what I mourned was my loss of self. And I don't ever want you to go through that because that is the biggest loss I've ever had. I don't know. We're all in this together, kids. <laughs> so listen. You know, on the verge of starting to sound like I want to be Dear Abby because, meh. I like that. And I've been getting mess. I've been getting uh, DMs from people since the beginning, even before I started the podcast or even went public with things for years about gambling and addictions and relationships and all the things. I kind of like it. I like it that when somebody sends me a message and then uh, it gives me a topic. I can just sit and talk and give my opinion about the topic. And it's not as structured and it's not as polished, but it's raw and it's real. And ultimately, that's what we're about here, right? I love you all. Keep your chins up. Remember that you are worthy. So worthy. Until next time, I love you. Keep it real. <laughs>